Welcome to another episode of Talking Upstream, literally my favorite show ever. Uh, just so you know, Dylan, I don't like any of your shows. I like this show way more. Yeah. Uh, how how are you doing today? How are you doing today, Dylan? I'm doing fine. I'm immediately getting dunked on within the first 30 seconds of the record. So let's let's go for it. Well, it's because I got a, I got a friend today, and I feel like we're oh, about right. to gang up on you. Just so you know. <laughs> uh, but all right. So if you don't know, we are some nobodies. My name is Zach, and uh, this is Dylan. Over the ah, dude, you're on the wrong side today. Anyway, <sighs> you might know us from some weird shows like Silicon Angels, the IT Sex Robot Show, or a podcast, podcast, a podcast show where we just review really crappy podcasts. Um, but like I said, talking and twitching upstream, those are my favorite things ever. Uh, what we do here is we try to create some stuff with our favorite creators. We find some people that have created something that we absolutely love. We reach out to them. Hopefully, they respond to our emails, and then we just pitch things to do while, uh, to them while you know uh, finding out why they do what they do. So, uh, one of the cool things that we do is we watch a lot of we watch a lot of stuff. Uh, if you're ever our Patreon, you'll see that we have a bunch of weird movie reviews and everything else. Um, and I like to just go on Amazon Prime and just find the weirdest things, and then hope they intrigue me enough to want to email. Uh, I found something recently that I texted Dylan immediately. I'm like, you have to watch this. Yep. Uh, it is a movie called uh, Motivational Growth on Amazon Prime. And I reached out to the people that created it, and they <laughs> responded uh, very quickly. So I'm excited about that. Dylan, do you want to introduce who our guest of the episode is? Yeah. So this week, we are being joined by Don Thacker. He's a director and writer known for Motivational Growth and a few other projects I'll let him talk about. So uh, here he is. Hello. Hello. How you Mr. doing, Thacker, Don? How are you, sir? Great. How are you guys? Sorry. Doing all right. No. <laughs> yeah. So like, like I was saying, uh, you know, I, I watch a lot of stuff and Dylan and I, we think that we're very clever and we try to find things like, oh, we would have written this or we would have thought of this. Uh, one thing that I will easily say that I could never have created, I don't think, is motivational growth. What an amazing production that is. Thank you. That's that's a big compliment. That's that's a huge deal. Thank you. Yeah, and, you know, and and Dylan and I, we always tried, especially during COVID, and when we found out like that this was made, you know, eight, eight, nine years ago, yeah. uh, you know, during COVID, it's like, hey, how do you make like a, a an insular product? How do you make something that is right. just so small scale? And finding that and realizing it was so long ago, it, it is a brilliant work. And could you walk me through like what that that idea, how that idea came about? Yeah. So, okay. So the, the, the core story of motivational growth is actually uh, not an accident, but, but a, it was a panic choice. Uh, I had this other movie I wanted to pitch. Uh, in, in the 90s, I moved to Los Angeles from Detroit. I'm from Detroit originally. I moved to Los Angeles and tried to, you know, <clears throat> I was young to, in my, my late teens, early 20s. And I thought, you know, you go to Los Angeles, Dawson Leary goes to Los Angeles. He gets, 
used to be on a movie set. Everybody loves Dawson's Creek. I'll be in it. I'm going to go to the movie. Steven Spielberg will welcome me across the border. Like George Lucas will give me a billion dollars. I'll make Transformers the live action movie. That's good. Uh, that's That was where I was thinking. Sure. That's bullshit. <laughs> you're, you're nothing. You're, you're a moat. You want to be an actor? Fuck you. You want to be... I'm sorry. Can I swear? I, I, you can say what... Yeah. Cool. Whatever you want to be an actor? Want. Fuck you. You want to make movies? <laughs> fuck you even more. That's garbage. There's a bill... Everybody who's better than you from a talent perspective also has a parent who's a producer. Fuck you. Go home. What are you from Detroit? Okay, we'll go back to Detroit. You're the worst. And so <laughs> I spent all these, this is like two years being a PA and, you know, giving coffee to people. I, I gave, uh, I, I gave coffee to Fruza Bulk. I was on, uh, I did a pickup shoots for, for big movies. I just, I, was, I could not, I wanted to be, you know, when you're 19 or 20, you're like, I'm the one. It's me. No bullshit. So uh, I, uh, <laughs> I was living in West Hollywood uh, and I was paying garbage rent in a shitty place. My car was stolen. People stole my fucking, um, my clothes. Like we had an outdoor, uh, laundry and people broke into the bars and stole all my clothes. Mm. I had like no clothes. I was living off of 75 bucks and I was depressed as shit. And, uh, I started taking, I took on a job to, uh, to, to sell, to, to sell my services as a, as a chess teacher. I just found some thing people were doing. I could, I could get, I had no money. I was trying to make from, from, from PA job to PA job. And uh, I, some guy invited me to, to, to help him with chess. So he wanted to eat, to, to meet at a sushi restaurant and, and I could teach him the basics of chess. I hadn't eaten in like four days. Obviously that's not the case anymore. But back then I hadn't eaten in like four days. I'm like, shit, yeah, I'll go to eat sushi with some random guy and talk about chess. And the guy was completely blasted out of his mind. He was, I don't know if he was high on something. I'm, I've never done a drug in my life, so I don't even know. But the dude was completely out. And uh, he was talking to me and he wasn't talking about chess at all. It, was, it felt like a date. That was weird. I was not ready for anything like that. Uh, he bought me sushi uh, and, and he, I ate the sushi and I'm like, so let's talk about chess. He's like, hold on, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. And he leaves and I'm, you know, picking things off his plate and trying to, cause I'm not going to eat again for the next three days. Or and he comes back and he's completely, I don't know if he went back and did black tar heroin or he snorted a fucking star. I do not know. He's, <laughs> his mind is fucking crazy. He looks at me and he goes, fuck man. You ever, and his eyes all twitchy. You ever just like, think the bathroom grout is talking to you. And I'm just like, <laughs> shit, no. No, I've never. But I'm writing that shit down. <laughs> I'm writing all that shit down. The bathroom grout is talking to oh, you. Oh, man. Um, so that was a weird, weird experience. Um, I then, I, I moved into another place. I got kicked out of that one place because we all got kicked out. They, 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 we were, it was rent control and they changed the rent control, whatever. Went to another place and I, I, could, I was only allowed to like live in half of a bedroom and I could only use the bathroom twice a day. And the bathroom had a giant chunk of mold in it. And I was like, this is garbage. This is the worst thing in my whole life. The worst thing in the world is, is taking a shit and staring at a giant chunk of fungus. So I wrote that down. <laughs> right? And then, then I put that away. I wrote 10 out of I wanted to make Robot Jocks 3. And I want to do all that. I read all the big stuff. I'm going to make the sequel to The Last Starfighter. It's called Starfighter. It's with the kid brother. And he's pissed off because Alex went into space. And all the other shit. I come with all this stuff. And it's years. It's years. Years later. Uh, I, I moved back to Chicago. I moved back to Detroit, then eventually moved to Chicago. Chicago. Uh, I, I'm trying to start a film studio. I'm trying to like make movies for a living. Uh, and I have an idea. I have the perfect pitch. It's so good. We can do it for cheap. It's going to be wonderful. It's epic. It's a sci-fi horror movie. It takes place in a uh, superconducting super collider. Uh, it's going to be incredible. It's so cool. It's called Flexure. It's the best thing ever. I'm pitching it. I'm pitching it. I'm pitching it. And people are like, you just said, you said a bunch of words in me. I don't know what the fuck a Tevatron is. I don't know what fucking... And neutron, neutron, anti-neutron fucking collision means. What are you saying to me? What can you do? So I didn't know what to do. Uh, I was looking for X amount of money. 
uh, to get this this movie done. Nobody wanted to give it to me. And one guy, one guy, I remember watching um, Robert Rodriguez, like, you know, like, you can be a filmmaker thing. Like, you, if mm-hmm. you want to be a filmmaker, just say you're a filmmaker. One of the things I remember, a quote he said, even though I don't agree with that, if you want to be a filmmaker, you can be a filmmaker. That's definitely a, a, a what is that, survivorship bias. That's an argument yeah. for success, right? Like, <laughs> if you, you want to be a filmmaker, just, you know, be a filmmaker and be Robert Rodriguez and be at the exact moment in time that Robert Rodriguez was exactly doing that exact thing. Like, yeah. Yes, it took blood, sweat, and tears. But I've having done this for a decade and a half now, I know that everybody's putting blood, sweat, and tears. Not everybody has his quality. Not everybody has his talent. But some people have better quality. Some people have better talent. It has to be this lightning strike. And I think you have to know that, right? So I don't have any of that. Um, uh, But one of the things he said, one of the quotes he said was, if anybody asks you if you have anything else, have something else. Have something else. Mm -hmm. But that's just, I mean, that's just the, that's just the desperado guy. I don't fucking care. Uh, I'm in a meeting and a producer's like, I don't like it. But what I do like is you. What do you got? What else you got? Nothing. I don't have anything. <laughs> I I got this one thing. I've been focusing heavily yep. on this. This is this is a this is more than a, it's a decade and a half ago. This is like so. Uh, I'm talking to these money people. And I finally like, I'm like I got plenty. Can I put together a, a treatment list for you? Can I put together a treatment list for you? I think that's better. Uh, what I'd rather do is have a real pitch session with you instead of coming in prepared for one thing and not having the other thing. So I go home. I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do. I go I go into my books and I, I got that line. You ever think that Catherine Gross talking to you? And I, I know what the budget is. The budget is far below, eons below what we're yeah. looking for. Uh, and it's probably gonna have to be family funded. It's probably gonna have to be, there's gotta, it's, it's, we can get a little bit of money, but the rest of it's gonna have to come from family and friends and whatever our own investments mm-hmm. are. Whatever. Uh, but you know, having somebody on the hook is good. Uh, so I, I go back and, and I, I work out this story. I, I know that the, the budget's gonna support not like, I'm not gonna blow up space. I'm not gonna have robots. I'm not gonna have aliens. Predator will not be in my movie. Uh, what can I do? Uh, so I, I realized making it like a, a single lock location is gonna be great. Uh, what are what are cool ideas? Well, you can have a melodrama, you can have um, marriage story, you know, in a single location or you know a locked series of locations. But you also need fucking Adam Driver, and you also need Scarlett Johansson, and you also need a director who's way beyond my capability, especially at that time. Probably very much, especially now. But you need you need about <laughs> you need a bunch of shit I don't have. <laughs> you need money for all that. So uh, what can I do? And I came up with okay, it's one guy. And what I'm what are things that I love that I would love to look at for if I'm stuck looking at these things. What would be cool? Well, weird television shit, some animatronics, some, you know, whatever. And so I, I spin the story and it, it all goes back to that, like laying down, looking at the mold and feeling like I wanted to kill myself. Uh, legitimately. I, I think that the motivational growth is about depression. Depression. It's a veiled uh, treatise on depression. Ian, Ian suffers through depression. And the by the end of the movie, sorry, spoiler alert. Don't worry. This won't spoil anything. I promise. Um, by the end of the movie, he, he realizes that he can get out of it. Uh, he has to, it's on him. He can't expect outside forces to come in and change his world. He cannot rely on anything but himself going, you know what? I'm going to do it. That's the end of the movie, right? And he's got to get there. And he can't get there without going through this, this, this big rolling mess. So I figure, how do I take that feeling, put it in a movie, and then give me stuff that I want to see. I, I want. I literally, I, I specced it out. Uh, this wasn't perfectly successful, by the way. We can talk about that in just one second. But uh, I, I wanted to... I spec'd out 10 minute blocks of the movie. Every 10 minutes, there has to be a deep conflict. There has to be an, you know, some kind of visual action. Just, this is not save the cat shit. Save the cat is its own bigger. This is my own like motivational growth. How do I get through uh, 
90 to 100 minutes of a guy in his underwear in, in his bedroom or in mm-hmm. his, his uh, living room. And I figured out, I gotta, I've got to sell you something. Every four minutes, i got to hit this. And it's not exactly, right? But I just know that in that 10 minutes, there's going to be some kind of action, some kind of weird shit. So, and it's not just random weird shit. It all has to work. But the base feel was, here's an architecture for, for something that I think can be won't always be, but can be captivating for at least a period of time. Mm-hmm. Remember, we're trying to entertain, right? I want to tell the story. I want to talk about depression. And I want to like talk about like how a person can get over their own shit if, if pushed uh, or, or even by themselves. Um, but, but also I want to entertain ultimately, like I want to entertain first. And then, and then I can tell stories, uh, make statements beyond that, behind that. Uh, so uh, I, I, I blocked it out with the idea that it would, it would hopefully be able to carry you and you know, reviews tell me that it carries some people all the way and they want more. And we literally have people who've got mold tattoos and stuff and like all kinds of cool stuff. Like a big fan base, beautiful. Yeah. Holy shit, my career exists only because of this. Uh, but also I've got like, what the fuck did I just watch? This is the worst thing I've ever seen. This sounds like some pretentious bullshit. This sounds like a hipster, hipster wrote a movie, whatever else. Uh, and, and that's all totally valid. I want you to talk mm-hmm. about it. I want you to feel that. But I tried to, to be more on the positive than negative. Uh, but what came out at the end was something that was, not weird for the sake of being weird, but if you can't blow up a building, you have to blow up a mind, right? Like if you can't, mm-hmm. if you can't have RoboCop, you got to have something that makes me think at least as much about what I'm looking at as I would about Rob Botton's beautiful RoboCop costume. You got to have something. Uh, Jeffrey Combs was the, the the voice of the mold, the reanimator, Wei Yun. We all know Jeffrey Combs. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Jackson movies. Huge he's fan. Like, great. <laughs> yeah, and he's, dude. Remember I told you I went to LA when I was like late teens, early twenties, and I realized that it's a fucking mist grill of broken dreams and mm-hmm. hate and blood and fucking the teeth of the innocent and it's just all the shit. Yeah. T- turns out, uh, in there, in that fucking roiling mass of emotional devastation and <laughs> all the world's worst shit, there are these pillars, there are these beacons, there are these icons, these 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 freestanding monoliths of great fucking people who went into it as great people and who survived as great people and who are now great people. Jeffrey Combs was, I, I, oh man, it was so good meeting and working with Jeffrey Combs because everything you can think positively about that guy, think it double, triple it. It's, he's great. He was so giving. He, cool. he, 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 he'd come off of a, a movie that was 20,000 times larger than my movie, walked into my movie and treated me like I was Peter fucking Jackson. He, it was, it was incredible. So, that was a beautiful start. Having him in it was great. Finding Adrian, who I've been working with for now a decade and a half, having, finding that guy as the main character was a big deal. Uh, I know that I'm burning through time. I'll take one more minute oh. to get to the next bit. Uh, an interesting story about the casting of Adrian. Jeffrey Combs is a lock. I, you know, I, Dr. Mordred, I, Dr. Strange to go fuck himself. Dr. Mordred will win. <laughs> get those guys in the fight, Dr. Mordred will win. He get those oh, yeah. little animatronic guys, little claymation guys out of the netherworld and like, you know, get, get Brian Thompson in the mix. It'd be fucking awesome. I love it. Uh, I just, we're just making up the dream project right now. Let's get mad, mad Dr. Avengers. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I mean, because you know that, that that was originally Dr. Strange's script. Sorry, we're totally off hmm. topic, but Dr. Mordred was Dr. Strange. And then there was a bunch of rights oh. management and shit. And they wanted to keep making the movie and they changed it to Dr. Mordred. It's Dr. Strange, guys. All right. That's why I brought up yeah. ben- Benedict Otterface. Uh, Cumberbatch, <laughs> who's an incredible fucking, I don't have to be the one to say it. I, I won't make fun of a terrible actor. I won't make fun of an ugly person. I won't make, because that, that's, 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 that's shitty. 
what you can do is make fun of like beautiful people who are incredible actors who deserve everything they have and Benedict Cumberbatch is one of those. So he's got an otter face, we can make fun of him. Don't feel bad for Benedict Cumberbatch. He's doing fine. That's exactly yeah, right. We, I'm not talking down to Benedict fucking right. Cumberbatch. I am, yeah. I, I, am, I am the shit on the bottom of his shoe if he even walked down my street. Like, I am not. It's fine. Uh, but anyway, um, I tried to cast for 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 Ian and for Leia. I, I, what I, we did is we held the, the auditions. My production company and I held the auditions in a public library. Uh, a, cheap. Yeah. B, uh, I wanted to, I, I'm going to be spending between 18 and 24 days with somebody. Uh, I don't want that person to be embarrassed. I don't want that person to, to pull back. I need to le- to hang my future on this mm-hmm. performance. And I, so, you know, when you tell somebody you're about to take a shit, you're in the public library. You're about to take a shit. Tell, let's do the shit monologue. I'll hear you talk about <laughs> shit in the public library. Go. Right. Uh, Adrian said to me, do you want me to, uh, you want me to take my pants off? <laughs> like immediately. <laughs> and I'm like, He's in the public library. Yes, I, I did. <laughs> so don't take your pants off. But in my brain, I was like, that guy would happily drop trial in a public fucking space to work on this movie. Is that worth it? Do I need him to drop, drop trial? No. Am I trying to get a guy to drop his pants? Fuck no. But do I do I love that his first thought wasn't, uh, uh, I'm going to say shit. Is it okay if I say shit in the mm-hmm. library? Like yeah. the fact that he was just in it. And he delivered hardcore. Uh, Danielle Deitch, the, the girl who plays Leia, actress who plays Leia, incredible actor, that lady. Um also totally giving she could do she was in a bunch of movies before that i don't know she's she's a painter as well she's painting now she's a fucking incredible painter uh anyway uh i was like at the at the very end of all the girls auditioning all the girls uh if it, if it was for uh declination jane all the way up to to leia i was just like scream the top of your list, go scream scream as hard as fucking go we're in a library public library scream hit me hit me with the best and you always get to like I'm afraid of scream. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's not what I need, bro. Scream. Like fucking scream. Uh, and Daniel Deitch just brought the everybody. The, the door opened. Is everything okay? Like she's just like <laughs> let it go. <laughs> it was like cool. You know, I, I I her audition was fine. It was great. It wasn't my 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 world wasn't exploded by her audition her audition, but her her it wasn't bad. It was great. She was on the list. She was definitely like, let's look at that girl. But when I told her to, to scream, she brought it all the way. And that's I think the that uh, I, I I thanked you at the top for, you know, complimenting the movie, but I think that um, I'm thanking you on behalf of a bunch of people, right? Like I wrote the idea, and I, I uh, but I didn't raise all that money. I had family members give us money. I had, uh, we raised a bunch of money. We used a bunch of money for my, com- for my company. Um, uh, it's primarily family funded and those people deserve the credit, right? Uh, the, uh, the, the actors, all every single one of those actors, except for the guy I had to fire for being drunk. If you want to talk about that, we can. Uh, every one of the actors, except for that one guy, uh, brought it. They all they were all working for pennies. They were all, I asked them to do a bunch of crazy shit, get shit all over their faces, do all this stuff for nothing, right? Uh, Jeffrey Combs acted like I was God, and I, I paid him every penny that I could pay him. And I know for a fact, that having done this for, now I'm working in Hollywood, and I, I'm dealing with people. I'm like, fuck, man. Why did not he just shit on me? Why did he not laugh in my face? Like, I can't believe. And we, we, we literally had a conversation yesterday. Like, this is a pillar. Remember? Oh, Icon. Wow. Mom. Yeah. Pillar. Yeah, right um, on. Anyway, my point is, uh, this, is a, this is a movie that a bunch of people made. Uh, I, I was there pointing and having an idea, but it was my first feature film. I was handheld through the whole process by these wonderful people. We ended up getting my vision out of it, but it's only because of the effort and and incredible work of everybody involved, from the actors uh, to, to all of the whole set crew, uh, the production crew, everybody above the line, everybody was 
was uh, in my, this is not nostalgia, rose-colored bullshit glasses, because I've gone on to do much bigger things than that, but but I haven't yet had that kind of family before, or again. It, it was such a good experience, and the movie, it, it just got re-released for its 10th anniversary, 10th anniversary. It's, it, we were literally releasing it more than 10 years after we shot it and less than 10 years after it came out. So <laughs> it evens out. Uh, yeah. Um, so it, 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 we just literally just re-released it. You can, you can get it now everywhere. It's on all the streaming platforms, which is probably how you got it was the 10th anniversary. Uh, but it, it has a cult following. It's had a cult following for more than a decade. I, I always weekly people, somebody asked me about motivational growth, which is really incredible because the things I've done since then have millions and millions and millions of views. And people are like, that mold movie though. So that's great. I want that. That's that's awesome. And I think that 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 speaks to the level of artistry and commitment that these people gave. Uh, not that anybody that I work with now doesn't give that same. I work with a lot of the same people, uh, but it's that, you know, they gave for nothing. They gave for a dream, for a hope, for and on the page, on the page, it, it reads just like it looks. Nobody was like, "Oh, this is going to make a lot of sense," and then we shoot it, and they're like, "I don't know what happened." Mm-hmm. No, we shot exactly what's on the page. If you if you get the DVD, <laughs> you can see the screen, the storyboards. We shot the boards, man. We shot exactly what. There's no mistake. There's no misintention. It's all in there, and it's a story that has uh, definitely has a a beginning, middle, and end, has a story arc, has an explanation. I wanted you to watch it multiple times, not because I wanted you to buy it or because I wanted to like take up a bunch of your time, but because I wanted you to get value from our tiny production. Uh, if you watch motivational, motivational Growth the first time and you're bored and you want to like, you're already bored and you go into it and you're not ready to like invest, then it's not your movie. And it, it, it can be your movie, but it, it, it's, I can't show you Tom Cruise's face. I can't, I don't have the money. I don't have the money now. Uh, I don't, he would not talk to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I heard recently that I was turning a corner uh, on Center Drive and some other street uh, in Culver City. And I heard tell through my agent that Tom Cruise heard I was turning the corner and actually went the other <laughs> way. <laughs> I, there's no world in which I'm fucking that yet. Maybe, maybe in a week. I don't know. But my point is um, uh, if you're willing to be entertained, if you're willing to go on a, on a story and let something tell you a story a few times, if you want to watch it again, you'll find it's in there. The answer is all there. I mean, literally, at one point, this it, a character specifically describes exactly what's happening. Uh, but it's it's done so in a world of confusion. And I wanted to do that so that that my little tiny puzzle could be an enjoyment for you, as opposed to, like you can get a video game where you can get one of those little little. Remember when we were kids? Those little cardboard backed plastic yeah. puzzle injury. Do you know that? I, maybe you do. I mean, I'm, I can't be the only one. You know, if you open those and eat those, those are made of sugar, right? Those are little balls. It's really? so the kid doesn't choke on them. Huh, no. But to me, oh. that's motivational growth. It's tiny. It's cheap. It's made with a lot of uh, effort and care, and it's a little maze or whatever. But but if you take the moment and peel that cardboard <laughs> off, there's candy. <laughs> if you mess it up, you won't <laughs> choke on it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Choke on yeah. It. yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, I mean, that movie, like like I said, Dylan and I, we watch a lot of movies. Uh, we we kind of go through a lot of stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the cover box caught me. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then the description was like, oh, that's very interesting. And then the second I put it on, I was caught with it immediately. Like, immediately I was like, oh, this is something special. There's something mm-hmm. about this that I need to understand. And I, and I remember I watched it I watched it thoroughly and I didn't speak. And I, I just watched it and I took it all in. And then I took a bunch of notes. And then I watched yeah. it again. And I'm like, okay, this is really, really something that's like a, a genius. Like it, you could tell that it might've come from pressure from outside of, of mm-hmm. why it's so tight and so mm-hmm. perfectly put together. But 
you, you can't tell, you know, and I, and I text Dylan, I was like, you got to watch this movie right mm -hmm. away. And I, I text my mother-in-law, I'm like, will you watch this movie fr from like somebody else's point of view? I'm like, just tell me what you see from it. And, and I have my daughter watch. I was like, watch this and just tell me what, because, you know, she's 22. And I'm like, what do you see in this from like someone younger than me? And mm -hmm. I was so like caught by it because it feels like a play from a mm -hmm. little bit. And mm -hmm. then it feels like a, a, a fever dream. And mm -hmm. then it feels like like almost like a desperate cry for, for just help from somebody. And yep. there was just so many cool parts to it that I was like, this is so interesting. And uh, even from like the, like the first couple sentences, like when I watched it the second time, I was like, why is that there? So like in the big, for people that don't know what this movie is, A, check it out. But B, it's mm -hmm. about some, uh, a guy on the day that his uh, TV breaks and his TV is named Ken. And now one of the first sentences that he says is, how many days? Kent. Oh yeah, Kent. Yeah, how many days? The like it was like on day number one sixty seven or something, and yeah. I, and I don't know why that stuck out to me, but he knows how many days this TV has worked, which means this yeah. TV is his entire existence. So when when you were kind of creating this thing, did you have uh like a a, a voice in mind for the mold? Was it always Jeffrey Combs or? Yeah. So there were two voices, and this was this is very interesting because. The mold, as you'll know, and I, you haven't gotten to this yet, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll spoil it. The mold speaks in a uh, a, a very distinct uh, grammatical and vocal pattern. Um, he uses slang terms that are like uh, post-World War II, mm -hmm. uh, pre-70s uh, social movement, kind of blue-collar man stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. I imagine he's not James Dean with the cigarette pack rolled up in the, but he's James Dean's dad. Mm -hmm. Like he's the guy who's like, he doesn't like, like a woman, one of my favorite lines in the movie, because it, it, it perfectly encapsulates the mold is a woman is what bends a man's knees and a man with bent knees can't stand on his own. Like that's, that's a big, that dude's yeah. a big, like, yeah. I, I wanted the mold to be toxic parenthood. Yep. Toxic masculinity, also toxic femininity. It's, it, there, you, we don't know if the mold's a guy or a girl. At one point, Ian is sucking on a nipple from the wall. That is yeah. the mold. Like we don't, he's he doesn't represent any gender or any any sort of uh, gender identity. He specifically is human toxicity, right? And I thought a great way to do that was to to, to write a uh, a language that he uses. Sixty percent of what he says is actual slang terms. 40% is shit I made up that just sounds like those slang terms because he's so inscrutable. He's so deeply that thing that maybe you didn't even know all of the parts of that thing, right? Um, the reason I'm bringing this up, it is a direct answer to your question. I I, I had two potential voices in mind, um, both of whom are icons who I want to work with. I mean, Jeff, I want to work with again. I've already talked to him about a potential thing in the future, which is, you know, he's just waiting for me to give him something real uh, to even like look at. Uh, and, and another uh, actor that I wanted to work with forever is Brad Dourif, right? One of my all time favorite dudes. And, you know, I got a lot of pushback from you can't have the voice of Chucky uh, as a bad guy in your movie, but I'm like, have you seen Brad Dourif? He could do every, any, any voice. He's not, it's not gonna sound like fucking Chucky. It's gonna yeah. sound like this incredible actor giving him a performance. Brad Dourif does not sound like Chucky. Uh, hashtag brash, uh, Chucky does not sound like Brad Dourif. Like th these are, this is an actor. It's acting. Uh, so I had these two guys in mind, Brad Dourif and, and uh, Jeff Combs. Uh, Jeff Combs, I'm a big Star Trek nerd. I've seen every episode of Star Trek, all 566 hours of it um, or whatever. Uh, 
multiple times. I can tell you, I, I, I did a thing at Gen Con one year where I, uh, I w- basically I was the ask me anything Star Trek guy. Oh, cool. uh, and I defended, I defended uh, Into Darkness, not being a good movie, but definitely being a Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was like, people are like, that's not Star Trek. Here's how it is. And it's also shit, yeah. but here's how it's Star Trek. Don't worry. Yeah. I've seen all of it. It's Star Trek. <laughs> uh, but so I'm a Jeff Combs. Jeff, Jeff Combs is the, the, the painted face of Star Trek. Like he's, Outside of the, the original series, that guy's in everything. Like, put the guy in everything. Uh, he's in Babylon 5, for God's sakes, which is like, you know, Star Trek light. Um, but uh, <laughs> by the way, I love Babylon 5. Do not get, and the name of the oh, place. No. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Boxlander, and the name of the place is Babylon 5. <laughs> I, if I could just live in that that one line, that that could be my whole life. I was Bruce Boxlightner, Tron going, and the name of the place. <laughs> so anyway, my point is, uh, as soon as I knew it was Jeff, uh, I got responses from both and then I had to make a decision. And honestly, uh, I talked to Brad's people. I talked to Jeff's people and I say, I, my company, I didn't, I'm a director. You know, I only talk to people after more important people get stuff done. Uh, but, uh, you know, there, there's a, there's that lie that the film is a director's medium. <laughs> Shooting a film exactly on the day between uh, setup and and wrap out, that's a director's medium. Everything else, fuck you, go home. We can fire you, we can replace you with somebody else. You're nobody. Um, so anyway, uh, I, what what got me was I got a phone call, uh, and it was um, uh, Mr. Combs would like to speak to Don, and I'm like, so I got this is my first feature. Jeffrey Combs is literally like. He's the best part of Robot Jocks, and that movie had robots. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. I, I, I'm like, <clears throat> okay, hold on. This is done, right? And I just hear Decker. Listen, I was on the plane. I read the script. I love it. I want to know who this guy is. And at that point, I was like, cool. So you got the role then. I, you're the guy. Uh, because I, honestly, look, I am not trying to equate uh, Jeff Combs and Brad Dourif. They're they're highly specialized weapons that are both incredibly brilliant. And they're you're an idiot if you try to compare. There's no comparison. They are they are both pantheonic legends, right? Uh, Jeff Combs called me and told me that he loved my script. So I cast Jeff Combs in the movie. And yeah. I'm so glad I did because he caught instantly. He caught that like post-James Cagney sort of like kind of edgy blue collar. I think if I would – so when I heard it was him, I actually bent it toward what I think you know, uh, Jeff Combs does the this, mm-hmm. like your life, that kind of, yeah. kind of thing. Yep. <laughs> injection, like that kind of thing. Yeah. So yep. I made sure, like, well, I can't say injection. That's a, uh, that's that's reanimator. But he's definitely going to say infection in his big quote, his big soliloquy. That man's very first vital breath was his infection. And I'm like, that's Jeff. Combs. We did it. We got it. We did it. We made it. Uh, so, so I basically I, I curved the writing of his voice to fit Jeff. I would have done the same thing with Brad, uh, or I'm sorry, Mr. Dura. You can't call a guy Brad unless you work with him. Uh, I, I did, did. I would have done the same thing for 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 Mr. Dura if if uh, if, if he was the guy. Uh, do I want to reject with Brad Dura again or not again? But ever? Of course, the guy's a legend. But um, I think I think for this piece, I always say um, I, I I do these things where I go to colleges and I talk about like making movies. Um, uh, you know, if you can't do, teach. Uh, <laughs> That's a joke. But I uh, I go in front of people and, I, and, I, and I, I tell them all these tenets, right? And one of the big tenets I always talk about is how uh, your job as a filmmaker, not as an actor or a producer or a PA or a, you know, a gaffer, but your job is a filmmaker, the vision holder, the guy whose job, your job is, and if you think of it anything like this, or if you think about it that in anything, any way but like this, you're probably right. And who the fuck am I to talk? But you're wrong. Um, the idea is 
Okay, so the heat birth of the universe, right? <laughs> it came out of nowhere. It didn't come out of nowhere. It probably came out of, there's a bunch of theory, you know, but the heat birth of the universe. Everything is going. Uh, all of the, 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 the primordial uh, pre-matter energies are uh, colluding to become matter, to become, to become photons. Photons are important. Da, 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 oh, cut to now. Um, I've got a device, a magical, super technological device that has taken us 130 years to, to get, get to where it is. And if I point this device, it can take the resolved photonic position of the heat birth of the universe. <laughs> right there. That's what we're doing that right now. It's happening. Mm -hmm. Do you see this? Look, mm -hmm. it just happened. Oh my God. Um, we cannot, we have to respect that. So I say that, you know, we're all laughing because it's, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous thing. I, how do you make a movie? You start with the heat birth of the universe, right? Didn't Carl Sagan make, how do you make an apple mm -hmm. pie? Well, first you have to invent the apple. Like that's yeah. a, I totally misquoted that, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. I, dude, I'll misquote everybody, including myself, oh, yeah. most of the time. Don't worry, it's fine. Uh, so the idea is, uh, you you are subject to circumstance, right? And um, I believe that if uh, and this is, I'm not trying to compare Jeff Combs and Brad Dourif again. I'm using that as a as a fulcrum on which to to tilt my my statement about movie making. Um, if you go in, uh, uh, let's skip the Brad Dourif uh, Jeff Combs. Uh, cluster fight right now because people in the comments are already arguing with each other and there's a big fight and hashtag Jeff versus Brad. Um, anyway, uh, the, uh, let's talk about something else. We had, we had a guy we thought was perfect for the TV repair guy, not the first one, not plasma day, but the angelic TV repair guy. We had a guy who was perfect. He was dead on. He came in the audition was mm, chef's kiss. Perfect. He's going to be the best one. Everybody's going to look, be acted down by this guy. He showed up and I think he was drunk. It was a bad scenario. It did not work. It was all very bad. Uh, his auditions, we have it on tape. He's fucking stellar, man. He 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 had a lot of he had credits. He was he was signed up to do movies after our movie. I've seen him in movies that are made by my like you know at the same level in their career contemporaries. He's been in movies and he's been fucking phenomenal for whatever yeah. happened. Real life happened or whatever. He showed up on my set. Didn't know his fucking lines. Didn't know where he was going. He might have been having a stroke, or maybe he was drunk. I don't know. If he's innocent, he was having a stroke. If he wasn't, he was having a drink. It doesn't matter. Uh, it didn't work. We had to shut down production for the day. We, we lost a day. Uh, we had to re reconfigure our, our mm. shooting schedule. We're already shutting, shooting tight. We had to shoot a, a couple of other scenes that we weren't prepared for and lose the guy and find another guy. Well, uh, I believe that if you, if you like the movie at all, you will agree potentially that the guy who, who plays the angelic TV repair guy is fucking perfect. Oh, it's great. He, he's a he is the shining beacon in the movie. He's the one moment of calm and goodness yeah. and whatever. That motherfucker, that dude, <laughs> Bob Kramer is his name. That guy, Robert Kramer. He's a crooner. He does like lounge singing and stuff. Mm. He's also a good actor. That guy came in and blew everybody's mind. He he uh we didn't have a costume. He's a different body shape and height and size than the guy we cast. We didn't have a costume for him. He and his wife made the costume. Like he literally fucking he showed up and he owned the room. He owned everything. Adrian talks about working with them and it's just like I just didn't have to do anything. I just had to sit there and listen to this guy. Every all my reactions were just like live. It was incredible. Adrian being the main character, the guy who plays mm -hmm. Ian. Um so using so I, I've I've talked about the heat birth of the universe. I've talked about Brad Dourif. I've talked about Jeff Combs. I've talked about Robert Kramer. What the fuck am I saying? Um, what I'm saying is let's take all those things. Let's let's let's, let's uh, congeal them into one vicious artistic scab. Uh, the, the the idea is the universe. That's what happened. I didn't control that. I, if it were if I had my way, uh, it would have been this guy, the original guy, and he probably would have done a great performance. It would have been fine. 
would have been perfect. But this other guy came in and the universe handed me something. He handed me this guy and this guy did something fucking, and I don't, I'm not talking about fate. I'm literally talking about physics. I'm not actually talking about physics, just, you know, circumstance, things happen. <laughs> the guy showed up and he delivered it. And the movie is what it is today. The way that it is, you watch it. We're having this conversation right now because of Robert Kramer and because of uh, Daniel Deitch and because of uh, Ken Brown and because everybody's in the movie. But if it weren't those perfect little like, you know, moments, it, it wouldn't have been what it is. It could have been something different. It could have been something way better. I could be like, oh, who's this Zach Weisman? I fuck that. I'm not going to be on a podcast. Like, what? Like, we could have, you know, Tom Cruise would be turning his car toward us. Like, I don't know. But, or it could have been that it, it didn't hit, right? Nobody saw it. Nobody liked it. There were, nobody has tattoos of my movie. Uh, what happened happened because of some sort of, you know, aggregation of the fates, quote unquote, the, you know, circumstances. And I think that you just have to roll with that. And I think that uh, there's that idea in film that there's a happy accident. Uh, fuck that. Every, every accident's a happy accident. There's no, you, there's no designation between a happy accident and a bad accident. Barring people getting hurt and like, you know, death on a film set or whatever. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not touching that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, you know, losing a day to a guy who came in unprepared and, and having it replaced with, uh, a better guy who is the shining beacon in your movie and my mom's favorite part. Like, great, cool. That that wins. I win. I like that. That was a good accident. It sucked while doing it, but you can always, you know, luckily I've got a pocket full of rose-colored glasses and you can always look back and see how you got to where you got by those moments. And the reason I'm bringing it up is Jeff called me on the phone. I put Jeff in the movie. If the movie wasn't with Jeff, it might have been a great movie. If Brad didn't call me and I got some other great guy, I got an indie guy, I got a famous guy, or Tom Cruise returned my call, uh, then it might have been Tom Cruise as the mole. And that would have been a different movie, right? But would we be having this conversation? Would, this is an interesting note, and I'm not trying to get into some ontological discussion about like life, the universe, and everything, but really that's what the movie is, right? Like, it's kind of a discussion of faith mm -hmm. and what you're doing and where you're going. Um, I'm married right now. Uh, this is my my wedding band tattoo oh. thing. Uh, uh, I would not have married that girl if it weren't for motivational growth, uh, which is really weird. Weird because you can, you can look at the steps it took to get me to where I was when I met the girl, and it's all because of... I, I, the, the, the publisher was a game publisher also, and they started publishing uh, movies. Uh, Motivational Growth was the first uh, non, the first narrative um, feature film on the Steam distribution platform. Mm -hmm. So you know Steam, we all know Steam. Mm -hmm. uh, they stopped they stopped releasing movies, but you can get it. You could have gotten it for eight years on Steam. Um, and uh, it was the first narrative feature film on Steam. It got me in bed with some video game people. Uh, I've For the past eight years when I'm not doing features, I'm doing live action in-game promo material uh, and, and otherwise promotional material, live action stuff for games. We did the Soma movie, the, the Soma like eight-piece uh, mm -hmm. promotional things. We do the Devolver Digital yearly crazy press conference thing. That's all. If you see me in it, you know that I do it. Uh, but all, all that all that is because Jeff Combs called me on the phone and said, Dagger! I read the script, uh, and I and I my my wife is she works in the games industry, and we met during a games a games thing that got I was there because of motivation. So I'm just saying, um, the quality of, of the film and and the, and the the I said early on it's because of all the people who worked on it. Uh, it is where it is and is doing what it's doing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like uh, guys, let's take a spiritual look at everything. I don't give a shit about that. I'm just saying, um, the attributes that go into making something stick like it did. Uh, it's 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 twenty percent planning, right? Eighty percent the universe doing whatever it's doing, and I think maybe there's a, a, a sliver percent in there. Maybe we can take a sliver from either side of those and and use that as like being able to roll with that. If you can roll with that, that's good. And I know that we're gonna we're about to step into talking potentially about um, 
like making something or pitching something or whatever. And that's something we need to keep in mind at all times. Like uh, I used to talk to uh, to people about pitching and, and I had some kid come to me and he's like, I've got this pitch. Let me, let me tell you this pitch. You got a box and you open the box and in the box are all the pitch materials and all that. It was brilliant. They spent weeks and months rendering all this stuff. And uh, uh, it is about this Edo, Edo era Japanese thing. It's really cool, really neat. And I was like, dude, this guy, I'm glad that he's young and not pitching the shit next to me because you would win. Like this pitch is like way better than anything I want. Holy shit. It's brilliant. But I had to shut him down. I had to be like, dude, here's a problem. There's one problem. Uh, you have artistry, you have talent, you have skill, you have capability. And it looks like you have an idea and a story, but what you're missing is the, is, is you haven't been told no, like every day, 30 times a day for the last eight years. I have been told no, fuck you, go home. Who are you? Why is your hair like that? What's wrong with you? Like I've been told all those things all the time. Why haven't I heard of you? All that other shit. I looked at him, I said, cool. So what if they wanted a space movie? What if you went in with this Edo Air Japan thing? You had it all laid out, it's all set up. And they wanted, cool, I love it. I love the story. I wish it was a space movie, go away, go home. What happens then? Then he, the universe will have pivoted and he would never. So I said, you know, if you take away some of this, don't tell me it's Edo Era Japan. Just show me the cool, mm-hmm. cool costume. And they say, uh, oh, yeah, but, you know, I was kind of thinking a space movie. You're like, yeah, it's space in Japan. These guys are on the moon. Yeah. Like, they colonized fucking Venus. It's space Japan. Like, they, they took over the, they took over Mars. <laughs> they took over Mars. It's the red dot on the fucking flag. That's them. Like, you know what I mean? Just be ready. Like, pop, pop, pop. The universe mm-hmm. is going to throw this stuff at you. So, uh, to in summation, the end of my tech to- TED Talk is... Uh, Motivational growth exists in the way that it exists because of the collusion of a whole bunch of people and fates and circumstance. And uh, so does the next Mission Impossible movie, right? They're all kind of living on that same thing. And I think that if you can take anything away, or the one thing that I've learned outside of like optics and shooting stuff and acumen and working with actors and all that other wonderful stuff that, you know, you get over almost two decades working on something. I get a decade and a half working on stuff. Um, uh, one thing I, I, I've kind of been taught by the world the most is uh, it, it'll come. Work on it. it. You'll make a movie. You'll make a show. You'll make whatever. Uh, but you have to trust the universe. The universe is bigger than you. Uh, you are riding on the back of the, the Big Bang, and uh, and you just got to ride that wave, bro. You got to be like Patrick Swayze. You got to get out, get out there, shoot, shoot it's it coming. at uh, Keanu Reeves, man. Throw a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Keanu Reeves throw a dog in that movie? <laughs> Like literally, a dog leaps at him and he Did throws he it. Throw a dog. Or Catherine Don Packer, Don Packer, you are one of the most exciting, uh, yeah. <laughs> artistic people that we've ever spoken to. And oh, I thank you. I'm looking at Dylan. It. Dylan's face is just like blank, and I'm like, dude, I'm putting this guy to sleep. I feel no, like no, 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 no. That, that's actually Dylan's exciting <laughs> face. Usually, he uh, and this is not a joke. Usually, he yawns. Uh, He's got a resting he sleep face. He hasn't yawned. Once. I do have a resting uh, sleep face. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. Yeah, like we we got together and you know, we watched a movie and we had like just so many questions. We're like, okay, let's let's come up with, like you know 15 mm-hmm. questions just in case because you never really know how people. I know you got time limited but i don't so feel free to ask questions i'll, I'll eat yeah. up an hour i'll eat up five hours i got an award at a film festival they made up an award on the night for best uh q a because right. uh, they i had a 45 minute block and i did four hours don't no. <laughs> i'm not saying we need to do four hours but that, that's us yeah no our show used to be an hour and a half long and everybody kept saying mm-hmm. like that's just a little bit too long so we we cut it down to yeah. an hour but uh yeah i mean it's cool like when i when i told dylan that you know uh you finally said yes he looked over you know your thing and he's like oh he did so much i'm like oh wow and then yeah. he's like oh yeah he does a devolver stuff and it, it just, i love it devolver kept... digital so i was like yeah what too, man <laughs> yeah yeah they're great yeah 
and, and I will say that, yeah, I mean, your movie, uh, 20% preparation, 80% the universe. But I, I, I will say that I, I give a little more credit to you. Uh, the second that film started, there was an eye to it that I have not seen. And this mm -hmm. is from me watching three movies every single day of my life. Uh, there was something so passionate about every. I could have sworn that Adrian was the person that made this movie because there was so much passion to how he delivered his lines. When, when, I, when I saw the mold, I was like, oh, it's going to have kind of a stupid voice. And the fact that you oh, gave man. it like a real voice yeah. and that it was it wasn't like a horror voice. It was, uh, you know, oh, the mold knows, Jack, the mold knows. I'm yeah. like, OK, everything about this was a little bit different than I expected, which I absolutely love, because like I said, ingesting movies constantly, it's always nice when something just pushes you out mm -hmm. of like your your normal lane and i will yeah. say that this movie definitely did it uh i'm a, a, a mega fan of don thacker from now on yeah. uh, wow. and i will find everything i can of yours and try wow. to ingest it because it's yeah re really yeah really motivational special motivational growth i i was watching it and i'm like okay i had a very similar kind of progression to reaction of reactions that zach did where i was like this movie is very intentionally made yeah. There's a lot of thought going into all of this. It's not just, we got a famous voice to do the mold. They can just kind of talk and deliver the lines. Yeah. There is a dialect to it. Yeah, There is an appearance to everybody who comes through and a tone to every character who comes through that yeah. door. And when the movie breaks down, and I mean break down on like a narrative psychedelic route towards the end where, you know, he starts going, you know, the camera jitters and he sees the corpse and it yeah. he stands up to watch the door and it cycles through all the iterations. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is this is very very much like directly thought out. It, it was. It's nice to see a very heavy through line and yeah. consistency. Well, I'd like yeah. to respond to two of the things you said. That, that first thing is uh, the first thing I wanted to respond to is the eighty percent, twenty percent thing. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you go in with twenty percent. I put nine billion percent of me in there. But am I effective against the universe? Fuck no. I'm. I got twenty percent control, <laughs> but I'm pushing everything. I, I put everything I had at the time in there, and I do that with every project, even if it's a you know a two, a two minute game promo, a live action game promo, or a feature film, or whatever pitches that we're doing. I put everything in every time to the degree that my wife is like, "Dude, you gotta, you're gonna die. You gotta stop. You gotta sleep. You gotta like eat food that isn't trash. You gotta like not die." Um, so just to be clear, I'm not saying I you know I put in twenty percent. I put in everything. No, I had. no, no so I put twenty percent preparation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then I want to tell a quick story on the side about the Jeffrey Combs, uh, the voice thing. Uh, when you when you deal with somebody, I told you Jeffrey Combs is like this iconic monolithic uh, beacon of, of goodness. He's also a guy who works for a living. He's also an incredibly well-known actor who has a following, uh, who, who every job he does, he puts himself on the line a little bit, right? And to know that he stepped out to put himself on the line for a movie where you don't see his face. For a movie where, and, and you know, the other thing he was doing was fucking Transformers at the time. Because his voice was being used for my movie and Ratchet in Transformers. Like, oh who God. the fuck am I? This guy's Ratchet. I can't believe it. And he's, you know, he's Dr. Mordred. He's all the other stuff. So um, there was a moment where at the beginning, at the, at the top of the, the first day we're shooting, we shot in a booth and I brought Adrian along and I stuck him in the room with Jeff so that there was, you know, back and forth and interplay because you can't, you can't just take an actor in a room. I mean, you could. Jeff would deliver an incredible performance looking at a fucking wall. But... It's, I think it's better for everybody if they all kind of get in there and let the juices flow a little bit. So, um, and you know, it's pre-pandemic by a decade. So it was easy to stick him in a room and uh, mm -hmm. they're talking to each other. And uh, Jeff was, there was some, there was some tension. You could feel the, the it was kind of palpable. And, uh, and Jeff was going in a direction that was completely realized, but totally not what I wanted. And here I am, I'm at this moment. Fuck. He's doing something great, but it's not what I wanted. Is this where I step aside and say da 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 da? And I can't show any of this. 
right? Because I'm there's a there's an engineer, audio engineer who just worked with fucking George Lucas, and I'm just like, oh fuck, who am I? Who am I? I'm nobody. I'm a piece of shit. This isn't gonna work. And I I'm, I just be like, hey Jeff, can you do it this way? And he looks me dead in the eyes. He goes, you know, you're you're, you're kind of taking my tools away. And I was just like, oh fuck, I just I did. That's it. Bye. I'm gonna pack up my stuff. I'm gonna fly back to Chicago. This <laughs> is uh, I look I look right without a beat. I just go. That's okay. Just do it. Ah! Ah! Yeah. He took the, I took the shot. Is this going to work? Yeah. And, and, and he did it. And he delivered it. And then you could see. You could see something in him like, I, okay, I don't have to carry this. Some guy had an idea. Hmm. And he's not just leaning on me. I'm not just leaning mm-hmm. on Jeff to get the job done. I'm there with him. I'm, I'm the general pointing at the front of the, the charge. Right? And the fact that I could say to Jeff Combs, who by all rights, especially at the time, even now though, is – a legend compared to me. I'm nothing compared to that gentleman. The, if, I looked at him. I was like, yeah, that's okay. Just do it. Uh, that moment was a, was a, a fulcrumment beat that allowed us to work together as opposed to him being afraid that some indie guy from the Midwest was trying to make this dumb movie where a mold talked and, you know, d- did I sign the wrong contract? Is this the worst thing? You know, like Bill Murray and Garfield, right? Like I signed the wrong contract <laughs> kind of thing. Is, is that where I am? Did I, did I sign the wrong three picture deal? Um, and uh, after that, he was into it. And what that led to was this beautiful – it started out with him being not tense, not afraid, but like concerned that he'd have to carry the load and you know drag me through the movie-making process. But in, in, instead, he realized I had a vision and I had a, a goal and I was pushing. That turned into, at the end, when he's doing all those big – he's a, a bunch of big soliloquies at the end. It's a yeah. giant monologue about you know the origin of everything and mm. his whole thing. Uh, that's an eight-page monologue. Whoa. That's ridiculous. That's eight All pages right. of guys that I go through. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we did that on a, on on, on a, its own day. We gave it a big chunk of its own day, and he just belted. We we got there. I gave him notes. We went back and forth. He asked for some questions. Da, 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 just like you do the process, and then action starts, and it just rolls. And what you see in the movie is a single take. It goes. It grows. It gets big. It gets mm-hmm. fucking phenomenal. It's huge. I'm trying not to shit myself because this is. We did it, and and I don't want to say, hey Jeff, you know, it'd be really cool if you did that Jeff Combs thing you do, you know, like in the Reanimator injection. Like if you do that, I would really love it. If you sounded more like like Wayun meets Reanimator, like if you could do that, that would be great. Like I'm not, you can't say that. You have to act like you have to have the secret mm-hmm. pact, and you have to act like, well, you know, uh, think about you know. Uh, 50s actor character in famous 50s black and white movie. We're, we're filmmaking. Jeff, you do a thing, bro. Do the, do the Jeff thing. I want you, you can't say, listen, bro, I want you to do the Jeff thing. I have to, you have to buy it. You have to mm-hmm. earn it. You have to get there. When Jeff is, that Jeff thing comes out when he's doing, when he's playing a role. It's his seasoning that he puts on a thing when he's in it, when he's actually in it. And if I say, just, just give me the, the, the just give me the salt and pepper. Don't give me the meat. That's a terrible request, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to put his seasoning on it. So by the end, we're there. And man's very first vital breath. I'm dead on staring. This is it. This is the moment. It all comes down to this. If this fails, I'm quitting the movie. It was his infection. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Mine explodes. Everybody loses their shit. Adrian looks at me. He goes, he goes, he goes. He, goes. he literally. But I have to be like, good. Mm-hmm. Good job. Uh, and he looked at me, and Jeff gets it too. Jeff felt it. He felt like he could sell. We, we filmed all of this, by the way. So I've reviewed it. I'm not making this shit up. He sees it. He stops. He looks, and then he just, he just goes in. Uh, sorry, podcast listeners. Uh, but he goes, he goes, eh? 
like that meme, you know, the kid turning, thumbs up. And uh, and we're like, I, I I push the little button. You have to, you know, it's a it's a push to talk between the booth. I'm like, yeah, that was perfect. We're moving on. And he, and he goes, he, he goes, he goes. I don't know what the fuck I just said, but I think it worked. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time we got to him, this big moment that he had to commit everything, he had trusted that there was a vision. He had he had he had gone from do I have to carry this kid to I can do eight pages and not really understand exactly what all that shit is, but make it feel intentional and good and sound right and deliver. And that's a testament to him. That's a testament to the production. And that's a testament to, like I said, this sort of universal moment where we all kind of came together. So it's good stuff. Uh, I feel really bad because I know I'm chewing through time and, and we haven't talked about Adrian. And poor Adrian, he works with me. He's the Immigrant Films Associate Producer. Like you've seen him in the Devolver Digital stuff. Like mm-hmm. He's in all those things. And uh, he's literally coming over after this meeting to work on the next Devolver Digital thing. Um, hmm. We're like typing and talking sure. and you know, magic yeah. happens. Uh, but uh, I feel sad because that's his... That, Jeff Combs is a puppet in that movie. <laughs> like literally he's played by an animatronic. We're not talking about the animatronic. There's a whole people, bunch of people underneath the set using, you know, the 12 mechanism animatronic and a guy with a Waldo puppet thing. And it's a whole giant thing. That's Tolan Effects. Steve Tolan of Tolan Effects and his team came together. Uh, Midian Crosby, an incredible makeup person, did uh, not only did she do all of the makeup for the film, but she also was an operator of the puppets and she helps do all the creature effects stuff. Uh, Jeff Oltrowski, who's an incredible filmmaker in his own right, uh, he he was down there in the puppet stuff doing all that stuff. He was huh. actually in the movie as a perturbatoid, all this other stuff. These people made all this happen. When you're like, Don, you got to give yourself credit. I, yeah, sure. At the very end of a list of like 30 other people i'll be like yeah and i thought a thing this one time when i was sad <laughs> that's that's kind of what it, it hashes out to but uh, it's all good stuff sorry i i, I uh, again i'm i'm very time-minded even though i know that right now your show should be over let's keep going oh, no, let's go yeah oh. we're no we, we aim, podcast, we're aiming for youtube channel let's fucking do it let's go let's on. do let's it push. let's do yeah, it let's push yeah through. so the show needs to be an hour and a half i want it <laughs> yeah, sure. I want two hours i want Trust four me, hours the, four the, the creation hours. the creation process takes a while as well so Good. yeah uh, do it. We're, I mean, you know, we're here for a couple of days don't oh, yeah. worry about that uh but yeah honestly i, I will say that it, it's your artistry and excitement that that really motivates us to keep doing this uh like i think this is our 45th episode of our show and nice. we are still just like profoundly pushed mm-hmm. over by some people's like excitement in the process especially when they've been doing it for a while they're still into it it's so cool because yeah we're trying know. hard to make something we've 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 made one movie so far we're still in post-production of it nice. uh so you know we're, we're learning i want to sign copy i need i need a release <laughs> Oh, don't worry. You'll get it. Um, we're probably just going to send you the script in a little bit and say, hey, help oh, us no. out. Uh, but either way. Okay. So what we do on this thing, and we have, uh, we, we could literally talk to you forever about anything. We love, yeah. you know, any kind of cinephiles or, or people mm-hmm. uh, that are positive about what they're doing. But uh, we do want to get down to what excites us the most, and it's content yeah. creation. Uh, right. So if that's okay. So yeah. uh, what we do here is we're going to both pitch to you an original idea. Uh, you okay. choose whichever one we should work on. Uh, yeah. These ideas have never been seen before or heard okay. before. Or, uh, but it is odd now that we've been doing this for a couple of years, Dylan, and we're mm-hmm. seeing movies that we've created on the show being made. Like if you see the, the recent trailer for Bullet Train with Brad Pitt, we mm-hmm. created that uh, well over a year and a half ago uh, on this channel. So, look, so, before we get too far into this, let me tell you something. What you should do is with every one of us, and you can start with me if you want, send me a, send me a release. Uh, let me sign a release for you. Uh, oh. You should always do this. If you talk to anybody in the industry, for real, I'm not joking. If you're gonna if you're gonna pitch your idea to somebody, make sure somebody signed a fucking release. Because anything you're telling me, you're right. I could go. What are you know? I had that idea before these guys. Of course I did. 
I brought, you know, when you heard me on the, on the podcast, it was my idea. I just gave them, they, 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 they randomly picked, what is it called? Um, Convergent Evolution. They had an idea that I also had two years ago and I just worked it with them and now I'm making my movie. Fuck those guys. Bullet Train's my movie. Like, I feel like what we do is uh, always, always get, get a release, right? Let, let, let find, spend the, spend the 1500 bucks, get a lawyer, say, I need a, I need a release. I know a guy industry veteran who is an incredible producer, he will not read a script, will not put an eyeball. He will look, if you put a script on a table, he'll look 90 degrees the opposite direction. If you don't fucking sign something, if you don't have a release, because the second his eyes pass that and somebody makes something, mm -hmm. uh, he makes something, somebody, whatever. Let's say he makes a movie and it's got one line that sounds kind of like a line that he didn't even see because he only saw the title page who gives a shit. They're going to, he's going to get sued. James Cameron got sued for Terminator. James, the Matrix people got sued. Everybody got sued. Like, do me the favor for your own professional thing. Do not uh, pitch me an idea without signing it. I'll sign a thing right now. Here, here you have I me mean, on recording. Everything you say is your idea. If I have a similar idea, I'll be very clear about it during the conversation. And at the end, I'm going to sign a thing for you guys to, to release those potential rights. I think you should do that every time going forward. Oh, for, okay, 46 cool. on, cool. do that. That's just a suggestion. Obviously, I'm just some guy that you saw who made a, a movie this one time. But uh, honestly, though, um, yeah. Protect yourself because yeah. that bullet train mm -hmm. idea looks great. It's going to make a lot of money. Wouldn't it have been yeah. cool if you did that? Our idea is better than bullet train, but it's very that, similar. That's true. Well, there you go. Uh, better, it would have been cool yeah, yeah. If, if you if you talk to the bullet train guy and you signed a thing, and then he does bullet train, and you come back and say, "Cool, I need some back end though, bro," mm -hmm. because obviously the you took my idea. Yeah. And I'm not, by the way, I I literally heard about I've heard a half a sentence about you guys and the bullet train and the whole thing. I am not making any kind of statement. I don't know. No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> no. I'm not trying to be like that guy who made bullet train. Fuck him. I'm not oh, saying no, that no, at all. No, I'm definitely saying. We saw a trailer. Yeah. We watched Bat Batman. It's like this thing has been in the works for years. I'm sure, but yeah, it's just cool yeah, that like sure. we're having ideas that are that are what we think are pretty contemporary and cool. So yeah, uh, uh, convergent. Right. John Wick, drunk John Wick with a sword. Uh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dylan, write that down though. We're gonna need some. Uh, some oh, it's, uh, yeah, already. I have I have right. a PDF downloaded already for a template. Right, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. See, and I just think okay. that, that that covers your ass, and it's not rude. And we'll, if you were to say, "Hey, Don, I want you to be on the show, but you have to sign a release," my thought won't be "fuck those guys." My thought will be, "Oh, the professionals then." We're doing a professional Dang. thing. We're doing a real thing. So just keep that in your brain. It's something you can do. Uh, I don't read scripts. Uh, send me your script, and I'll 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 ask for uh, a release with it, and I'll read it. But I'll only read it after I sign that release because yeah. I I make things for a living. I don't want to mm -hmm. compromise you. I don't want to accidentally in the bathtub one night at three a.m. think, oh, I had an idea, and it turns out it's that idea that you guys told me on the show or whatever. And you guys can come to me and say, hey, listen, you probably just had this idea while in the bathtub, and you thought it was yours, but remember we talked about this six months ago. Here's the recording. Here's the release you signed. Give me my two percent. Give me my back end because I want to make a movie. That's fair. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that's, yeah, no, a, that's absolutely. Well, I, okay. Well, then honestly, I hope that you make one of these movies and we have that conversation later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's see. So I, I won last week. Uh, so Dylan, I think you're going to pitch first this week. All right. <laughs> Rubbing it in. Cool. Uh, so it's nice that we talked about space movies a little bit because I think I've got a space movie kind of. Uh, so this is just kind of a refined pitch for an idea that I've talked about uh previously so think seven years ago humanity all of us experienced a collective dream where we saw aliens arriving in 10 years to fix all of our problems everybody okay. on earth had the same dream where aliens yeah. are going to come by in a decade and be like hey here's some in russia it's in russian and in japan it's the, the, the japanese yeah, dream it's, and it's, it is right? comprehensible to everybody everybody experiences it's culturally relevant to everybody yes cool. uh now seven years later our telescopes have started picking up an oncoming object out of deep space and they're predicting it will be at earth 
in 10 years. It's moving faster yeah. than it should. Or in three years or in 10? In, in ten three years. years. It, yeah. But it, it hit it fits at the end the of the 10-year window. Block. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's on track to arrive. And uh, some people believe it is the benevolence is real. And some people uh-huh. think that this is all going to be a trick. Set up. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And it's probably going to focus on some sort of interpersonal drama related to the people who man the telescopes or are somehow related to it in an indirect way and how the oncoming thing affects kind of how societal bonds yeah. have been formed. Okay. That's, so that's pretty interesting. Uh, uh, can I make an immediate response? Absolutely. You with your, your elevator. Yeah. In the elevator? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you a bunch of, I'm going to speak from authority. I don't have yeah. authority. If I had authority, you would, you would be calling two agents, four managers and whatever. I'm just a guy. So anything I say, take with that grain of salt. I'm just a guy. I made, cool. make, makes movies every once in a while. Um, so anything, I, I'm not trying to shit down anybody's throat or, or be mm-hmm. negative in any way. Um, that's a premise, right? Yep. Good premise. It's a, an intriguing premise. But the whole time I'm waiting through that premise, what's the story? Yep. What's the story? And yeah. you said, the story is kind of like a kind of like mm-hmm. it could be, it could be. A, oh, I'm not interested in that. I need to know who's the guy. Who's Got the guy? Right? Oh yeah, we're with a guy. Like you know, a robot comes from the future to try to kill somebody. That's fine, but who? Mm-hmm. Why? Like, what's the what's the emotional fulcrum? What's the what's the what's the crux point? What's the the pivot? What's the what is it? Engineering? They call it the moment, right? What's the moment? Give me the moment. I'm not saying your idea is shit or that it's bad or that your oh, pitch yeah. is bad. You have the first third of a pitch. I mm-hmm. want to hear the rest. I want to hear because of this premise, you got Act One down, right? Inciting incident. This is your inciting yeah. incident. Who are our people? That's every dude, and this isn't coming from Don Thacker, high-minded bullshit, fucking auteur. This comes from me sitting across from producers saying, "Yeah, but who falls in love?" And me going, "No, but like there's robots, and then you can you can neural link into the robots, and it's fucking like no, no, yeah, but who falls in love? Who's the character? Yep. Where's the why? Why do I care? Why does my mom care? Why does my stepdad care about the movie? Like that's I think that's every pitch is going to come up against. That's your first wall of scrutiny, right? Yeah. Uh, we can develop that. We can use this time as, as a set aside, but I'm going to pick a pitch. So anyway, starting with that, uh, it's Zach's turn, right? That's, that's how it goes mm-hmm. back and forth. Yeah. So cool. Well, Zach, I, now step into that with the full knowledge that I'm probably going to shit it down for not being a pitch. No, my pitch is perfect. I hate when I make the joke and there's just dead silence. I'm like, <laughs> no, oh, no, shit. no, no, we, no, we, we're, we're both. We the both joke was that I was being an asshole. Yeah. I'm not an asshole. <laughs> like, I, told you, I told you he was an asshole. Yeah. So this, probably feels a little weird normally we get into the creation process but mr thacker your hair is down it wasn't it it wasn't down last time i don't think it definitely was anyway it was was pulled back tighter yeah uh but we had such a great time with mr thacker that our conversation ran longer than any conversation (laughs) we have ever had so uh instead of what would normally be the creation process what we're going to do is break this into our very first two-parter so uh tune in next week and we're going to get to a little bit more of the interview and um uh, the creation process and the selection of whatever project mr thacker picks um so yeah, so until then, um, we want to thank some people that helped us out, obviously. Yeah. You know, we got Red Flanagan, we got Tanya Sheck, we got Sarah Tokachik, we got all of our friends, you know, Jeff Dwosk and Scott Curtis, uh, even that turd Michael Colby. Um, but yeah, so tune in next week, get the second half of this awesome interview. I've never felt more passion than what Mr. Don Thacker brought to this thing, and we just wanted yeah. to make sure that you guys got to see it slash hear it in full. So, uh, Dylan, do you have anything to say to our friends until they finish this episode? I tell you, this guy gets nominated for nope. one award, and now he's got his own tra- he's got his own trailer and everything else. You're the uh, one. Who's, you're the one who submitted it. End the episode. 
uh, I didn't I didn't submit categories, bro. I submitted our show. They picked best host. I didn't submit what shows to do anything. I just submitted a hey, these are our podcasts. So they chose you for best host. I didn't say me for host. That's we'll ridiculous. fade out before this bit. That's okay. Maybe bye right. everybody. <laughs> Until next time. I've been Zach. He's been Dylan. You've been great. See you next week. Bye. Thank you.